Welcome to Talking It Out with Mike and Brian. What's going on, buddy? Hey, nothing, homie. I'm just excited for today's guest, Nigel Barker. I used to, I remember being at home, my sister and my mom watching America's Next Top Model as a kid, and now we get to talk to the guy. Absolutely. If you all don't know, Nigel's accolades are aplenty. He's a TV personality. He's a New York Times bestselling author, a spokesperson, photographer, filmmaker, ex-model, The list goes on and on. He also hosts the podcast Shaken and Stirred and has made quite the name for himself in the fitness world where he started the Dog Pound Gym alongside Hugh Jackman as well as his new digital fitness venture, Vive. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Definitely so. I mean, the guy has dog pound with Hugh Jackman. And every time I, mean, I watch Wolverine, Wolverine like seriously, Wolverine. every time I watch Wolverine, I feel like I got to go run outside. I got to go hit the gym, go do some squats, go do some bench press. He, like He's like that actor. Like you ever see like what are the the, the secrets of the stars in fitness? Oh, and he's like one of those guys that just blew up for the role. And I mean, every guy wants to be jacked like Jackman. I like it, though, because, you know, with Nigel Barker, you know, teaming up with Hugh Jackman, it's so cool because. These gentlemen are now like in their 20s. These are uh, grown adults who are married, who have families, who now have this corporation that they started. And it's about their passion, which is fitness. So I just think it's really cool. I can't wait to talk to him about it, see what he thinks about fitness and mental health. Just so many different topics. I wanted to know more about Tyra Banks, first and foremost. I ain't gonna lie about it. You know, Tyra was one of my crushes. I actually- really. Bro, I had a poster was of Tyra Banks. Girl? Okay. I had a okay. poster of Tyra Banks in my, in my bedroom when I was growing up. Like, no lie. That's crazy. I, I, I like Tyra Banks. I definitely like Tyra Banks. I'm going to age myself a little bit here, but I, back in the day, I had crushes on like Christy Brinkley, Kathy Ireland. You know who those women are? I know Christy no. Brinkley. I don't know Kathy okay. Ireland. Okay. Christy Brinkley. Kathy Ireland. She was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Beautiful woman. Um, uh, who else? Cindy Crawford, Tyra, obviously was one of them, Heidi Klum. So, I mean, the list goes on and on. This man has worked with pretty much all of them. I mean, he works with supermodels on a daily basis, so that's crazy. I wrote a letter to a celebrity one time. I was 13 years old. This celebrity Can you you drop the name or not? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I got (laughs) to lead up to it. This celebrity uh, is a singer, and I was watching her music video. And, bro, when I tell you not, I swore... To God, she was literally singing to me. Like I remember walking around my living room, and every way I walked, her eyes were focused on me. Like no lie, it was, <laughs> oh really? Like in retrospect, young Mike was, was getting like, peeped. <laughs> yeah, I was getting peeped. I wrote a letter to Ashanti. <laughs> oh, okay, Ashanti, Ashanti, bro. She said that song, baby. I was like, oh, that's my girl, baby, baby, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ashanti. So like Brian, aka your moniker is Doctor Abs on me, and we got Nigel Barker on. Today, talking about the dog pound, talking about Vive. Like, you are a podcast host. You are a chiropractor. Like, you know, your wife, you guys, she's in L.A., you're in Miami. So you, I know you guys talk a lot on the phone. Like, how in the world do you incorporate fitness? And, like, tell me, homie, like, what's the importance of it? Oh, man. I mean, we're so busy right now. I mean, she's over there doing her thing. Like we talked about, she has so many jobs. Uh, and I'm over here running a full-time practice. We got our podcast going on. So it's a lot. So I feel like I got to fit in my fitness and so does she, uh, you know, whenever we can. Um, It's so important in today's, especially during COVID, during quarantine. I mean, we're indoors. I mean, you got to spend your time wisely. I mean, a lot of a lot of depressed people out there, a lot of people down with the economy and everything that's going down and and just really looking out for their health. But fitness is a is a release. It's a confidence builder for me. It's a stress relief. It's, it's an antidepressant. It truly is. And yes, it's something that I think everybody needs to incorporate into their life. Facts. I just echo what you said coming from like a place of people always ask me, what is my self care routine or how do I love myself through crazy times, crazy situations? I've said it once before and I've always say this exercise is the 
most underutilized antidepressant. Absolutely. I mean, literally, like you said, homie, we're indoors. Uh, some places right now still dark out because of we're still in winter, right? In January. And like, it, it just, you got to find, you got to figure out something. Like Nigel, uh, his wife was talking about, she's looking at TikToks and YouTube to figure out some workout routines, right? Uh, it's, yep. there's things that we could do at home as well. Literally, get you a rope. Real talk, I have a rope. I have a, I don't know if you've ever used one, Brian, but I have a two pound rope. It's like a, a weighted rope. You know what's crazy is I was actually looking at that today. I was looking, right. uh, I think it's called cross, cross, it's like a, ah, a cross jacked rope. rope or something. It's like two, three pounds, five pounds, eight point five pounds. That's, they they work crazy workout, right? They they I ain't gonna front. They 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 work. They sound super loud too. It's like whoo, I was already thinking loud. about that. I was like, damn, is that gonna make too much noise in my condo? I was like, damn, it, whatever. I'll put some some padding down or something. Yeah, it, you're gonna have to put padding down because I ain't gonna. It's hella loud, but the workout is intense. 15 minutes, homie, on a, on a jump ropes, like a weighted jump rope, you good. That's all you got to do for the day, straight up. There's so many workouts out there just on the market from Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I don't even know what to do at half the time. So, like, homie, are you ready? I just want to talk to the man himself, Nigel Barker. Hell yeah, Mike. Let's just give the people what they want. Enough about us. So, everybody, join us in Talking It Out with Nigel Barker. Nigel, welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. A pleasure we are well. so excited to have you. And, and seriously, thank you for joining us. Now, I know you're used to being around a lot of supermodels, but don't worry. Today, it's just going to be us guys. So the pressure is all off. <laughs> you now, guys are looking pretty good. You're looking pretty spiffy yourselves, <laughs> even if I say so myself. It's just the lighting. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. It's all about the uh, lighting. Now, you found success in so many different avenues, and we can't wait to pick up Pick your brain and get some advice because, man, you make it look easy. <laughs> well, that's a good thing, I guess. It, really? You know, it, it, some things are easy. Other things, I think, are, are, are tough, you know, are hard. But you just got to you go with the flow. And I actually like the tough things more than the easy things, to be honest. Um, I know you started off like your career doing modeling. And by the way, I just got to say, I loved you on top, America's Next Top Model. It's kind of cool that you, um, we're being here with you today. I met Miss J when I was on The Bachelorette, so now I get to meet you. It's pretty <laughs> awesome for me. Miss J uh, is sassy, for sure, <laughs> but I love Miss J. But uh, to you, though, you know, I know that you're a photographer, but you started off as a model. How did you, like, what was the, the story that you could say that you said, I know modeling is not my path, but photography I is mean, my path? I mean, first of all, I mean, I don't really think for most people, modeling is their path, no matter who they are, no matter what happens. Like modeling is rarely a path. It's, it's almost always mm. something that you find yourself doing or that is a, like a hobby or it's like a fun thing to try. And I always say that to people. I'm like, you know, it's sort of like a bit like acting in a way that if you really look at who is successful at it, there's such a few people that are actually properly successful that you know, to sort of suggest it as a sort of career decision for someone is really kind of a mistake and, and misleading to most people. You know, and that being said, you know, like clearly that. the industry has changed a lot. There is a lot more different types of models now, types of modeling as well, but it's very, very tough still, right? So, you know, I, my mother had been a model. And, I, and it's similar to like, if you, when you, you haven't done this before, when you've looked at actors and you're like, oh my God, this actor is such a good actor. I wonder how he found his success. And then you look at their family and you realize they come from a long line of actors. Even, you know, it's like, oh. so, you know, there is, there is a lot of that, right? Not to say that it's so much incestuous, but it is that, you know, clearly opportunity and knowing people and understanding the business. It's, you know, there are, there's sort of inside tracks. And I hadn't really wanted to be a model. In fact, I was headed to do to go to medical school. And my mother entered me oh, wow. into a show, which is quite ironic, actually. It's called The Clothes Show. It was in England. It's, it's, I think it might actually still be on. But it is the, one of the longest running fashion shows on television there is anywhere in the world. And at that point, in 1988, they started their very first model search. And in 1989, I entered. It was their second one. They cast around 10,000 people and it was on air. Um, I didn't win. I got in the top three and then I was knocked out and I was given a contract as a, as a model. So that's how that happened. And I say ironic only because I ended yes. up being a judge on my own show of a model search. And that's how I actually yeah. got my break. 
So I was uniquely qualified on top model, unlike the other judges, only because my career was directly from the result of a competition on TV. So I guess it was it was definitely in the genes, cool. I guess you could say. <laughs> no, 100%. I mean, to answer your question about how I knew that modeling wasn't right and photography was, it, it, it boiled down to the fact that I you know, have always been a creative person. And when I was at school, despite the fact that I was headed towards sort of science and medical school and all that kind of thing, I was a sort of one of those students with, that, that was not necessarily brilliant at anything, but pretty good at everything, right? So I had a... Sort of like a, the same grade in English as I did in math, and I had the same grade I had in physics sure. as I did in art, right? So it was the same along the whole thing, and, and they were all pretty good, not exemplary. I wasn't the best in the class, I was like three quarters of the way up the whole way along, right? So it made it very weird as like what you should do. And unfortunately, and also, I'm a lot older than you guys, and my kids, I let them do whatever they want, I give them the decision making and all the rest of it. Right. But when I was a kid, my parents told me what to do. So they were like, you're going to do this. We need a doctor in the family. You're gonna... So that, that was how that came about. But I wasn't, you know, when I, in the modeling thing, I'm like, this isn't a career for me. And not to mention, you know, yeah. I didn't, you know, as, a, as a male model, you are second fiddle pretty much all the time. It's not, you know, right. and, and not that that's so much the issue, but I also didn't see a future. Like I saw five years of fun and I traveled all over the world, made some great money, made some, met my future wife, did all this great stuff, you know, had the life O'Reilly. But the whole time I looked around and went, those guys, you know, the photographers and the editors and the designers, they're the ones running the show, you know, booking the talent, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they were all ages, right? They were all the way up to whatever you may yeah, want to be. So that's a job. Right. Meanwhile, the models phase out after a certain period of time, unless they're super lucky, right? And so I was like, I could always see. So, you know, I very slowly angled and I had been a photographer since I was like 12 years old. My mother bought me a camera when I was a kid and I'd always been interested. So I kind of, that's, that's how I knew. And, and just to give one little other caveat to that is that fashion and trends change the whole time, right? So when I started yep, modeling true. in the 80s, I used to work with Naomi Campbell and the, the, the sort of supermodels of, of, of that moment, Nadia Orman and Christy Turlington and, you know, and Cindy Crawford and what have you. And, and that time was the era of the supermodel. And it was the guys were, were strong and big and muscular. And I'm six foot four. I'm 230 pounds. I played rugby. I was a big guy. You know, and then, of course, came heroin chic androgyny and you know all of that kind of stuff and i looked at myself and i'm like i'm never going to be androgynous and i'm never going to be a waif model right and so yet yeah. i've spent five six years in this industry i know it backwards i've got loads of networking i've done and connections so how do i keep all that i've learned and, and transition from one side of the camera to the other because i love the business and you know what? It'll change again, which it did in the you know the end of the 1990s, and you go into the 2000s, and then you know the supermodels come back again with people like Giselle Bundchen, and and fashion does this. Fashion sort of goes up and down, and what's yes. in one moment is out the next. So I physically knew that I wouldn't be what was in at that time, but I had been in before. Well, that's good. I like that. It, it's good for our listeners to be able to hear that and know that you are always looking for the next thing, and knowing that modeling isn't a career. Unless you're like that point zero. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Person. I mean, and again, oh. that, that's not to say don't try it. Don't have fun with it. It's a lot of fun. I get a great time. I mean, I literally had the best time. Yeah. Some of my favorite memories in my life were, have been from that time. I mean, when I met my wife. Hi, Nigel. Don't get, don't, don't listen, get, don't get in trouble now. I met now. my wife in 1994. <laughs> that was what we call the summer of love. And I, I tell you, it, it, I mean, oh, I, I no, just, what the best years of my life, man. I mean, just, you know, every, I mean, so many memories, flooding memories and great people I met who are still friends to this day type of thing, you know, because we're all young people and young and in love and every crazy stuff happens and you're traveling the world and, you know, hey, you're like, that's what dreams are made of, right? I and mean, that's what we all live for. Yeah. Now, Nigel, you've mentioned already some of the greats, some of the icons in the industry, but who was the first supermodel that you photographed? And did you consider that opportunity your big break? Wow, no, I didn't. Um, and, and, and I sort of, so two questions there, sort of who was the first supermodel I ever, I, I, there were lots that I, I'm trying to think of who the actual very, very first one was. It was probably someone 
that you may or may not know actually because she is a supermodel her name is Verushka and she's like one of the classic supermodels so this is a supermodel from like the 60s mm. um, and I wrote a book called Models of Influence that became a New York Times bestseller but it's all about the models throughout history from the sort of 40s onwards right and and it's She's one of those models that that just was groundbreaking, who you know changed the face of of fashion. And like Kate Moss did when I was modeling and became that waif androgynous heroin chic look, right? She came about. Everyone was like, "She's a model, right? She's like five foot six and a half, and she's flat chested, and she looks like an alien with eyes out here, and she's got flat hair." <laughs> Sorry, Kate, I love you, but at that moment, right? You said that's it. what was the deal, and and the reason being is because there was a like a, this sort of kickback from the supermodel era that was buxom, you know, curvaceous, big hair, gorgeous. And it was, people were like, you know what? I'm not like that. I, I you know, I, that doesn't represent me. You know, that's not inclusive. That's not, that's, that, that's like some extremely lucky person who was born like that. And, and this is what happens oftentimes in fashion, right? And you see it. And so, you know, and designers like Anna Sui and Marc Jacobs and even Calvin Klein came out with a fragrance called One, right? Where everyone wears the same fragrance and they had a line of guys and boys and girls and everyone looks kind of the same in the same t tank top. And, it's, and that was what happened, right? So she represented that. She, she went on to become a super successful supermodel because she could also be a chameleon and not just be that. So then she could also become super sexy and look curvaceous, even though she really wasn't and all that kind of stuff. So that's a sort of talented model that then goes on to be a supermodel and be someone's muse. But, you know, most people fit in at a certain time because they just their look is that of the zeitgeist of that moment. Right. Um, you know, so my Definitely. big break, though, you know, and I said, I photographed her. That was a, a pretty good moment, you know, for me. I was an editorial. I had, I think my, probably my big break was in, in a nutshell, I, I used to be a sort of, a, when I first started being a photographer, I was a test photographer. And what that means is, is that you take test shots for models. Um, they, they started off by doing it for free, then moved into just charging for the film because, you know, I used to shoot film guys, uh, little canisters <laughs> of film. Um, for all those out there in <laughs> podcast land, that's a whole other thing. It's a whole other story and everything else. Anyway, um, and then I started shooting and then the agencies and models started paying me. Um, and I, there was an agency called Click. It still exists, actually. One of the oldest agencies in the business in New York City. And they said, look, we love what you're doing. Everyone loves the work that you're doing. Would you photograph the entire agency at one time and create a book and we're gonna give it away to all our clients. It's gonna be a big promotional piece, right? So I was like, okay, that's so nice. cool. I've got two weeks, they paid me, it was a commission yeah. job. And you know, it wasn't a lot of money, it was just really to cover my expenses and I got a bit of pocket money. You know, but I'm a young guy, as kid myself, like in my early 20s and I'm like, okay, let's, let's think of something really cool. And I had a friend of mine fly in from London, this makeup artist. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we kind of created this idea of painting everybody silver from the head, from the ground up, the whole body, everything silver. Then we painted the clothes silver, everything was silver. And it was called click silver, your time to shine. Then we, once we, we, we created these really outlandish sort of pictures with everyone doing really crazy stuff. And, and, and it, then we, and then we pr printed it on metal. And then we did an exhibition and then we had the book and then we, we did all this stuff. We printed stuff on mirrors. And anyway, we did this exhibition in a nightclub in New York. Lady Bunny was, you know, ended up spinning at the club. She was new to the scene herself back then. Um, and it, it was kind of like took off and people were there. It was this cool moment in, in New York history and all these great people were turned up and they saw it. And literally the, the very next day, if not that evening, I was booking jobs booking covers of, of magazines. You know, I had a call from the people at Versace, yeah. had a call from the people at Jill Sander. They were like, oh, we live. And it was, you, sometimes you've got to take a, you, not sometimes, quite often actually, you've got to take a risk. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to put yourself out there. You've got to do something you're passionate about. You've got to do it 100%. And you've got to 100, you go, commit, commit, commit. And ultimately, you've got to shoot it for yourself. Don't work for other people. That sounds weird. But in, as a photographer, as, as a creative person, if you shoot for other people, then you're not, it's not your work. Like, you know, Van Gogh, not to say that I'm Van Gogh or, or photographers are Van Gogh, but 
and sadly, Van Gogh's story is that he didn't sell anything in his life, right? <laughs> Ironically, he's like one of the most famous artists in history, but he didn't, but that's partly because he painted for himself. He painted what he liked. He didn't ask and turn around and go, should I put another daffodil in there? Or, you know, is that those daffodils good? Yeah. It's like, no, he's, he's done, right? He's like, I'm, I'm finished with the bluebell picture and it's the sunflowers or the daffodils or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> like, it's done, done. And, you know, and I think that's it kind of with, as a photographer too, we, there's a lot of people who shoot to order and they're never going to really make it. You know, if, if you're always asking mm. everyone's opinion and people constantly on social media are always saying, what do you think of my pictures? You know, what do you think of my, you know, can I be this? Can I be that? And they want you to tell them, yes, that you can. And I'm obviously happy to guide people and mentor them. But ultimately the, the number one piece of advice is, you have to be your own judge. You have to be, believe in yourself and you have to like your work. It doesn't matter whether I like it or not. What the heck do I know? I, it's just my opinion. It's like, if, do I like your cooking? I don't know. Does, does someone like your cooking? If they do, well done. You're cooking for someone who likes your food. That's why there's a restaurant, a hundred thousand restaurants out there. There's something for everyone, right? And there's a picture for everyone. You know, figure it out and commit and do your thing. Yeah. Nigel, you're dropping gems. I love it, man. Definitely. Thank you for that. I want to discuss a little bit about your family life. Now, you've been married since 1999, and obviously that's phenomenal, especially in Hollywood. So congrats on that. Now, I'll actually be married two years now in August. So to help out the younger married couples out there, what are three words of advice or the secrets to marriage, would you say, for those out there that are just starting out? Well, first of all, you've got to be in love with the person you marry. That's important. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's you know nigel you know well brian you say that that's important but people forget that so nigel oh, yeah, i appreciate no, you saying I, I that i think man. it's Seriously. like you know a piece of advice number one i mean i can't tell you how many people i know sadly uh, even my own generation who are like well we've been together for so long we thought we should get married right mm. or you know it's a mistake we, no you know like <laughs> i'm this age now i'm like or we got pregnant i'm 40 so or i'm 35 i should get married because i need to have kids or something you know, and it's I'm like, well, are you really, are you really in love with it? Because half the time they're looking at you and looking over your shoulder at the same time, right? And the problem being though, though, is that because it's you know it's not fair in a way because I fell crazy in love with my with my wife when I met her, and I still am, if not more in love with her, probably to the point where I bother her still. You know, Nigel, but, I'm, uh, I'm kind of hating on you, man. I'm kinda, oh yeah, I want no, what you got right truly, now, man. I mean, a very very lucky guy. But if you've seen my wife, then you'd understand why. Um, you know, but you know, she, I mean, she keeps me on my toes to say the very 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 least. Um, but I, I think that you know the the, the, more, the thing that for us that worked in our life was one, obviously, cra- being crazy about one another. But the most important thing is not being jealous and mm. being That's difficult for trust, a lot of people trust yeah. right it's called trust and it's loyalty and trust and honesty right the, actually the three things Not, oh, because man. i'm a fashion photographer you mentioned it at the top of the show that i work with supermodels right absolutely right so a lot of women will be like oh my god that must be so difficult he goes off and he photographs beautiful women aren't you aren't you jealous aren't you insecure aren't you worried aren't you you know and if i think had she been worried concerned who maybe that might have you know pricked your curiosity the funny thing is is when you're not worried when you're when when you're completely blasé it actually makes the guy i think and most people be like you know want them even more right so (laughs) Nigel, you are speaking the truth right now. My wife Ladies, has never listen. once, Ladies, never once listen. said to me, like, looking at a picture or something like... She like, sounds like such a secure woman. That's oh, so attractive. 100%. Oh, my God. You're speaking... In fact, like, my wife would be the one that would say something like, oh, this looks great, but I, I think you should have taken that off. You know, like, yeah, something like that. She's, she's like, oh, that would be the, and that would be better in that shot because that would be more artistic and it would look more. I don't like that that thing that what she's wearing there. That would make her legs are gorgeous. Don't forget that. And like, and she would come on set and she would art direct and she would help select things and help me. You know, she was actually with me most of the time we shot top models. She was there working with all of what, everything that we were doing and a hundred percent a part of it, but not in a way that was controlling. It was. You know, it was never like, I need to control you. I need to advise. So, and I, oh and it goes God. both ways, by the way. It's not just great. a single direction. Like somehow I'm the yeah. fashion photographer. My wife is a very, very beautiful woman who was a model. Right. And 
she also did things like she would had done nude shoots in her time and had done things like that. You know, it doesn't happen in so much in modeling these days, but back then, and, and it wasn't because she was being pressured into it, but actually she's very free and carefree and is her, she's a dancer, she's a yogi, and I know she's very, you know, we grew up in Europe, and when you're like on the beach in Europe, people are topless, that's just the way it is, and so it's not so weird. It sounds often weird in the US, so people are like all of a sudden completely freaked out when you say that, but you're like, well, yeah, but not really. Like, so so that, those are the secrets. She trusted me, I trusted her, and, and, and there was, we were completely honest with one another, and we loved each other, and there was a trust that we knew. And ultimately, if you know that you're coming back to that person, and you, you're both coming back to each other, then you're good to go, you know what I mean? And, and, and it lasts, and here we are, uh, what oh is it, God. 26? We've been together since 94, so what, I don't know, it's 26 years it's or something crazy. Yeah. But Wow, congrats. <laughs> Nigel, you are literally, I hope the listeners are, taking notes with that so seriously. That's something that I speak about in my personal re relationships that I have had, and I just appreciate that a whole lot. But in lieu of time, I do wanna ask you one question in regards to your relationship as well. Uh, you spoke about your kids, your beautiful kids. You talked a little bit about how you try to raise them. What do you think is the scariest thing about raising children in today's climate? I mean, there's a lot of scary things. I mean, right now my kids are homeschooling, you know what I mean? They're virtual schooling because the schools are shut down up in New York. And I'm actually New York based um, these days, but um, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it's hard because they spend a lot of time online. I know that you have your dog pound and you have uh, your, your vibe. And so like, do, how do you incorporate fitness with them in today's, in today's climate with COVID and everything. Well, I mean, I mean like it's, it's, a, it's a combination of things, right? So there's no doubt that, you know, with my children, I mean, that's part of the, the issue, right? Is that, for example, someone like my daughter, who she's 12, you know, she's trying to find fitness. There's, there's no team sports. There's no nowhere for her to go. And, you know, I've always yeah. been into fitness. I mean, there's a couple of questions, right, in what you just asked me there. But, you know, the, you know the, so, my daughter looks for fitness, a lot of things on TikTok, right? Doing dances and stuff like that. And so that sort of becomes a sort of fitness thing. And I'm like, it's, it's both sometimes salacious <laughs> and sometimes, I guess, exercise and no doubt fun. Um, but there needs to be guidance because she's only a kid. And sometimes that, you know, and it's not just Correct. the moves, the dance moves, which are, can be very over the top, but it can, it's also the lyrics of the words. And what does that mean? And as a young girl growing up, you know, is she being spoken to in a way that she's listening to these lyrics and are they resonating with her in, in, in what way, right? So I want her to grow up to be a powerful I woman. I want her to look at someone like Kamala Harris and go, that can be key, right? Yes, I don't want her to yes. look, listen to the lyrics yes. and think that I need to be, you know, swear my bottom around and thinking that some guys are calling me a this and a that and everything else and that's cool. I'm like, that's not cool. I want you to be the best that you can be and you can be whatever you want and look at what's available, right? And, you know, so... You you mentioned the, the, the dog pound and, and vibe. You know, I've been into fitness my life, you know, that's in large part, uh, clearly as a model, what have you, trying to be fit. I played rugby as a young kid as well. So I was an athlete and, you know, it's always just been a part of me. And I was good friends and I still am with uh, the actor Hugh Jackman. And a few yes. years ago when he was training to be Wolverine, he asked me and a bunch of other friends, Dude. like three or four of us, whether we would work out with him as his training buddies which was both the most terrifying thing to be asked by someone as fit as him. And uh, yeah, at the yeah. same time, the best midlife crisis of one's life, because instead of going out and buying the Corvette, <laughs> we try to change our bodies into one. Um, and, and, you know, it, and it yeah, worked, like right? So like we, it ended up with us, you know, when he stopped doing that, we kind of decided to build a gym and we created these gyms called the Dog Pound, one in New York, one in LA, and they took off. And I ended up being the CMO there as well as other things, you know, um, and helped that with the marketing and everything. And, you know, the success there was the combination of the entertainment industry, the fashion industry, the music industry meeting fitness. And it was a very disruptive type of vibe and feel like a nightclub is super cool with music spinning and models and actors and people training to transform their bodies to become superheroes and movies and you name it, it was super cool and it still is. Um, but of course, with COVID and the pandemic, it really got me thinking about this is not necessarily sustainable right now and maybe not for a few years and who knows what's happening and people's as like as you know we started this conversation with how things change in fashion and how one thing goes in and once something else goes out and you know and that's often what happens too with even with fitness as well with not just with the fads and the styles of what goes on but how you absorb it and how you use it and clearly every major brand is trying to develop an app become a brand trying to develop content online yeah. content 
um, yet it's very messy. So it, it's everywhere. It's, it's not curated. It's all over Instagram. It's all over YouTube. There, there are, in fact, 40,000 fitness apps in the app store. Right? Mm. It's crazy, right? So Jesus. it's very difficult for people to find. And this goes back to my kids trying to find how to, a, a good, so suitable workout, right? So my wife was spending hours every night on YouTube trying to find something for my son and daughter to do the next day because they couldn't do sports, right? So, and she wanted to vet it first. So that's what got me thinking and thought, well, I want to do this vetting for people. Why don't we create a platform where we bring Mm. together a curated collection of the best of the best from health, fitness, and wellness all in one space, um, almost like a Netflix type platform but with channels that are all about certain aspects of fitness. So everything from boxing to bar, from yoga to hit classes, to mental health conversations, to nutrition and everything in between. Um, and I called it Vive. Vive coming from the French vive, which means life um, and to live. And except instead of the I, it's a one. So it's V1VE. Uh, and, and we actually launched our Instagram channel at The Vive um, just in January. We're already since the beginning of January at 33.2 or 3,000 followers um, and have extraordinary people. And we've had legends Congrats. like Gabby Reese and Laird Hamilton, one of the best surfers in the oh, world, wow. awesome. you know, two really cool kids that I found, like this kid called Starboy, Cyrus is his name, you know, from the UK who found calisthenics when he was in jail. You know? Whoa! And, and he's a, he's kid. absolutely off the hook, right? Yes. So I, I, I like that. so I'm bringing together, and we got people like Kevin Curry from Fitman Cook, and you know all these cool people on this platform. And every single day, we're showcasing a different person to really showcase and, and show to the world what's available and what's out there. We've had ballet dancers, we've got surfers, we've got you know just this complete eclectic smorgasbord of what's cool because there's something out there for everyone. But what's the most important thing is for you to be engaged and to be entertained. Because if you are, you will come back for more and you will plug it in and you will enjoy yourself. Fitness is something that we get to do, not something that we have to do, right? It's a luxury and it's so important. So many gyms. So important that we do it and that we, you know, COVID has terrified us. Health is on the top of our mind. But fitness connects directly into health. And if we can be as fit as we can, we're going to be as healthy as we can. And it give ourselves that, that one up. We, you know, we're waiting for the vaccine, waiting for everything else. Do what you can to sort your life out. And, and, you know, and platforms like Vive are there to help, to help do the work for you. So you don't have to look, look for all the cool things. We want to say, look, this is what's cool. And every day, show you someone else, show you something else that's cool, somebody else that's interesting. Something's going to pique your mind. And then you've got dance clubs and dance movements. And you know, that might be for you. I, my mother loves a good Zumba. You know, there's something for everybody. But Nigel, I got to say, yo, we're going we're gonna to do some networking at some point together. I love you, man. I wish we had more time with you, seriously. Uh, but what's something hilarious about our girl, Tyra Banks? Uh, well, I, I can tell you that she, she would do a lot of really funny things at the table, right? So one of the, when we were sitting at the desk, quite often it would be boiling hot because we'd turn the air conditioning off because we were in random places around the world and the lights are really boiling. Um, so even though we're standing there, she would like have very little on from the waist down. So, so because we're sitting at a desk, you could only see us from the waist up. And quite often she would just pick her feet up and put them on the table. There's actually an episode where she puts her foot and she puts it in my face and I grab it and I put it in my head and, and I'm holding it. And then it, I think some other model on the other, I can't remember who, I feel bad because it was probably some other big supermodel. But when you're next to Tyra Banks, everyone else fades to insignificance. And I, and I had both their feet in my face. And, it was, we, we, and I, I often joke about this, but we all, next time you ever watch Top Model, you can have a laugh at our expense because quite often from the waist down we were wearing not much more than our underwear and flip-flops because it was quite hot in some of those locations so sort of i i call it the fashion mullet business on top party on the bottom (laughs) party on the bottom there you go nigel it's it's covid right now what do you think i'm doing (laughs) please so nigel what's your favorite workout to get those abs you know, I, I like the roller. That, the, yeah, so the you know, wheel. If you, if you use that roller, it's probably the best thing I find. I mean, different people say different things. I can tell you from having interviewed probably fifty different top professionals in fitness that the, the number one thing that they all say is plank. So regardless of what I like to do, plank mm. by all accounts is the best thing. And that comes from both ballerinas to boxers all the way across. It's like a universal. 
it seems so boring to me, so I don't do it very often, but apparently there's a million ways to plank. Yeah. Um, yes, there is. You know, I'm just not a planker. What can I say? <laughs> no, fair enough. I like it. Dr. Abs would know. Uh, so, Nigel, for every human being, which is more important when you're taking a photo? To have your eyebrows nice or to have your nails nice? You know, eyebrows nice is such a weird thing. I, I've never heard anyone say that to me. That's such a weird combination. Uh, like, that's like what the kids talk about these days. They always say your eyebrows are on fleek. I know, right? But it's, it's, it's a weird thing. And I, I, I really hate it when people do, overdo their eyebrows, especially guys, first of all. Like, like guys, just don't do it at all, please. And then, let them be bushy. Let them be bushy. <laughs> just let them freaking go, man. Guys and, just and, don't and then, do it at all. Okay, if it's crazy, if it's crazy, crazy, and you've got some random hair coming out really hard, okay, get it. Pluck that thing or, or cut it. But this whole plucking all around and shaping, <laughs> It's like you're giving yourself a sort of startled look before anything's even come around the corner. I mean, it's like, you know, what on earth would you do that for? Um, but um, and I think fingers and hands are actually incredibly important. You know, that's I love photographing dancers in large part because like a ballerina or even, you know, they, they when they move everything, every toe, every finger is perfect because you can have everything can be beautiful. And the person goes, you know, and it looks awful. You know, they, they yeah. could put their hand in a horrible way. But if you, but if the, if the hand is placed in such a delicate manner and it's gentle, then all of a sudden, instead of it being obvious, it just blends in with what's everything that's beautiful. So, yeah, although if I was to describe really what's the biggest issue, the most important thing in a photograph, guys, forget about the eyebrow or the hand, is what are you thinking about? So when mm. you look at a picture and you'd have your, you someone takes your shot, always remember to think about something specific, right? Because we would talk about smizing, not to be cheesy on top model, but it, the reason being is because your eyes are the window to your soul, to your mind. So sometimes you can look gorgeous, but if you're thinking of nothing, which happens with modeling, because you can sit there for hours getting ready for your picture, and then it's like, take the picture, and because you're beautiful, it looks great. But it, in order to look intelligent, intelligent is, intelligence is probably the most charismatic thing there is. If someone is intelligent, that makes them sexy. There's no one sexy who's stupid. Right, so so if you look at that picture, you know you yeah, need to show true. your intelligence, I mean, right? And that charismatic aspect will come out, and that's your winner. All right, think of something, think of me if you need right. to. <laughs> all right, if you were asked, would you replace Chris Harrison as the host of the Bachelor series? No. <laughs> Straight up, no. No. Simple as flat, that. Flat out, flat out, no, no. <laughs> Where can we get, where can we, Brian and I, and all of our listeners get updates on Vive? Come on to the, our Instagram account, at the Vive. Um, you can also follow me at Nigel Barker, and we're always talking about it. But, you know, come on to the, it's, it's at the Vive, uh, T-H-E-V-1-V-E. And then the Vive platform will be launching Q3 around October of this year. So look out for it. It's going to be very cool. It's going to be a lot of promotion around it. And, you know, we're sort of on our way to making something really, really special. And it's really exciting to be a part of it. And I appreciate you guys giving us a shout out too. Absolutely. Oh, and one last question we got from one of our listeners. What is the biggest pet peeve as a photographer with a subject or client? Ooh, pet, uh, biggest pet peeve. I mean, it, it depends who the who they are, but I guess that the biggest issue with a, with a client, uh, and I sort of alluded to this earlier, was if as and when they they want something very specific that's that they want to have done versus something that you want to have done. So as a photographer, you've got to be there's an element of salesman ishness about you. You know, you have to sell your picture to other people and. Sometimes they'll, they'll be like, they know they, they want it like this, they want it like this. And you're like, you have to, I always put my foot down and you know, for better or for worse, but I'm like, you, you hired me as the artist to do this. I'm you not a vision. I don't just yeah. execute a diagram. Of, and I, I don't like it when people give me other people's photographs and say, I want it to look like this. So I'm at a point in my career where that doesn't happen anymore, but I know it does happen in general and people will put together mood boards and here's what the inspiration is. And I understand that it's important to have aspects of what all of that means. And I'm certainly working with designers and people that happens, but to be, asked to execute someone else's image but again yourself to do it like that and that does happen so that's probably my biggest pet peeve if anyone ever tries to sort of strong arm me into the into the creative and that's why you hired us let us do our thing i like that i i definitely agree with that when i get tattoos i always tell the artist you're the artist i hired you because of your artistic ability so i agree with that and have you seen what they've written on your back <laughs> they wrote some on my back come on man <laughs> 
Nigel, we appreciate you so much. You gave us so many gems. I was taking notes sweet. over here. Seriously. Nice Thank to meet you, so you guys. Much. And uh, it's a real pleasure. Clearly, yeah, I, I should grow you. a beard. Um, seems to be what all the guys are doing these days. <laughs> the wife likes it. The wife the likes thing. it. There you go. I thought it was COVID. I, you know, clearly, my wife doesn't like any hair at all. I'm like a sort of <laughs> sausage over here. But there you go. Hey, okay, man. 20 plus I'm not years. I'm quite sure that that's, that's the compliment I was looking for, but I'll go for it. 20 plus years, you guys are doing something right. So congrats on all your success. There Thanks you so much, guys. Hey, I'm not going to lie, man. Seeing him on Next Top Model and then being able to speak with him is so amazing. He's so much more, so, so much more than just a photographer. Yeah, man, I just think? think he was just very worldly. He knew a lot about a lot of subjects. I mean, we went into, you know, not only his professional career as a photographer, as a model. I mean, obviously, he's also a New York Times bestseller. He's got the fitness fitness platform coming out now and Vive. Um, yes. He just brought so much to the table, man. And I think we got a bunch of gems. I'm gonna call it like it is. He's a boss, right? How he balances being a boss, uh, also being a family man and a, a husband. I mean, it was the best, the, the biggest gem that I took away was when he talked about the midlife crisis, when he said, you know, having a midlife crisis, instead of buying a Corvette, they changed their bodies into a Corvette. Absolutely. Right? To me, that was like paramount. Yeah. That was, yeah, I mean, I for was, like, me, it mic. was obviously I related with him when he when it came to marriage. He's been married for, what, 20 plus years. So he was talking about his yeah. wife and how she basically makes him better. You know, she's not a a burden. She's not this jealous woman who's always like nagging him or whatnot, because he works with supermodels all day, every day. So if you can imagine that might make a woman a little jealous. But she was actually in there, you know talking about who is the best looking or, you know, their clothes or, you know, she was actually opinionating on or giving her opinion on what the model was wearing and she was actually adding to it. And I think that that's so sexy in a woman when they actually add to your life. And if you're a boss, she's a boss and she's just adding to your life. It's just, you guys are just going to grow an empire and be better together. So like Nigel Barker, I mean, he's been around all these beautiful women, but the coolest thing, the most amazing thing about Nigel and what I appreciate and respect is that he brings up his wife so much and the way he speaks about her, how like 20 plus hot, years, bro. 20 plus years. He's known her since 94. He said, remember what he said? He said, uh, the summer of 94 was the summer of love. Summer of love, You man. can't make this stuff up. So Brian, you are the married one, right? So sir, Rachel is, I, I call it big Rachel because she, I idolize Rachel. She's doing her thing. She's on every TV screen. Every time I turn on my TV, right, and she's around all these successful. Five hundred seventy-three jobs, man. Yeah, she really do. She's around <laughs> all these, <laughs> all these successful men, um, you know, that are powerful in some regards. Like, do you? Can you take a like? What were your thoughts on what Nigel had to say in regards to your marriage? I I think I can relate to what Nigel was saying, especially from his wife's side. I mean, she. He is the one that's around all the supermodels. So that's a comparison to Rachel, where she's yeah. interviewing celebrities. You know, when she worked for, with ESPN, you know, she had she was interviewing athletes and whatnot. And at the end of the day, me as the partner is like, I do nothing but encourage. You know, what I mean, I'm not a burden on her and be like, oh, why are you? You know, you got too close to that person or I didn't like that question that you asked. Like, I'm not a burden. She's doing a job. I want her to be the best at her job as she can be. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that jealous. At the end of the day, I feel like if she's going to step out on me or if somebody's going to step out on yeah. somebody else, then it's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like all right. I could do is be secure, love her as much as possible. Like Nigel said, be in love with her, show her that loyalty, show her that trust that I have in her and watch her flourish. And that's all you could do. If you're the opposite and you're this jealous person, always nagging and, and, and being a burden, I think that that you know, that could lead, that that could lead to a deterioration in the relationship. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I remember uh, this one story. I was dating this woman and I have like a, a, a film TV series that I'm working on right now. And one of the actresses, she's read a line and I uploaded it to my IG stories. And the, the woman that I was dating said, like, she got annoyed with it, basically. And she was like, why did you upload this? I'm like it was one of my actors like and it just made me feel like hold on but give me give me the the context like what because i want to break this down okay yeah so let's break it down so in this episode of my tv show that i'm working on this woman said something like it was a very 
thing that guys don't understand, but women understand. And she said, I feel like there's fire ants in my pants. She was talking about having a period or something, right? Okay. And like I uploaded it um, onto IG and the girl that I was talking to knew exactly where I was, knew what I was doing. And she was like, why did you do this? Why did you upload this? Why? why what why was the problem her? with it? I honestly, bro, think that it was because that girl was cute. Mm. Like cuter than I guess you would say the average woman. Like, have you dated girls in the past and like if you're around if one of your homegirls is like very attractive, is has that been an issue because she's not per se average looking, but a bit more than average looking? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's it happens where your girl doesn't want you to be friends with girls that are the hot girl necessarily better looking maybe than her or you know very attractive um it's crazy i mean i don't know if this relates but i actually dated a woman once that she would rather date a man that was like straight up said this word for word i'd rather date like a six or seven but her be the center of attention than you know date some but date a dude that's like a a a nine or ten because he's gonna basically steal a little bit of her thunder and I was like, what? It's like, Wait, I don't know about that. As soon as you said that, I thought of a few people in Bachelor Nation who would agree with that. Like, and it, I see, I don't have nothing wrong with it. They admit it. Like, that's not me. I'd rather date who I'm attracted to. I don't care if yeah. I'm a four and she's a 33. I might like it even more, to be honest. But like, <laughs> yeah, I'm so in love with myself and know what I bring to the table that that shit don't bother me. You feel me? But. I just love how Nigel was just so 100 about it. He was like, his wife don't, she encourages him to do better and be better. And so therefore, if he was a photographer, he would be like, yo, she would say something along the lines of, hey, why did you have her wear this piece? Right. And I think that is just so endearing. So and she's like enhancing his, yeah, his craft. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just so good. It makes, you know what it makes? It makes you best friends. Yeah. Instead of like trying to walk on eggshells. Like that's exactly. what it really does. And then if he does that, you know, in return, I mean, how much better, how much stronger are they going to yeah. be as a couple? Yeah. I think I just think it makes them that much stronger. I, I couldn't agree more with you. Now, of course, this goes without saying that if he had done something and or if his uh, Nigel's yes. wife had done something, that's a different story, right? Yeah. We're not talking about that because Nigel did drop gems of, you know, loyalty, right? He continued yeah. to drop that, lo- that gem as well. So we're not talking about the individual that may have done something, but rather... Yeah. If you do something to make them feel jealous, then that's a different story. Yeah, that's a different story. Then you're going to have to deal with that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's on you. Yeah, you got to deal with that one. Like, I also, because I don't have kids, I'm I'm really big on, I want children, I want a treehouse one day. And, you know, we got to talk to them about what's the scariest part of raising children in the climate today? And for me, bruh, like, we continue to get these new apps, these new apps, these new apps, right? And on TikTok, for example, like when I scroll through my feed, you will see girls and don't know their age, right? So therefore people may DM them back. I've never done it, right? But you have people that may DM them back and it it creates just riffles or outside of that. You could think of it, take it as my daughter is just watching what's hot. Like my daughter is seeing, okay, I don't get likes because I'm fully clothed, right? Or I do see my friend, she gets sliced because she's doing the busted challenge. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. Like that is just so scary, bro. Like I like how do you and Rachel like what are y'all conversations when it comes to that? Oh man. I mean, I feel like we grew up in a different time. I mean, bro, we grew up we in did. a time of we're gonna age ourselves right now, but we did we grew up in a time where we would play outside, we yeah. play sports, go out and get a little dirty. Yeah. But now everything's digital and you know, everything's over sexualized on everything TV and on social media. Like it is scary. Like, yo, did you a see girl? Right. I'm sorry. So. Cause did you see Cardi B was playing WAP? Right. And her daughter walked in. She like completely turned off WAP. Did you see that? She turned it off. She turned it off like <laughs> with the quickness and like, like she's the off. one. Turn this off. Yeah. Making it. And I ain't necessarily mad at Cardi for it, but it's like, where's the balance at, bro? Like, I, I just don't understand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hope that they're. You know, teaching them, teaching them uh, the opposite of, of what go what went down in that video because I mean she's gonna grow up. You know, seeing what her mom does. I mean, to each their own. But yeah, it's it's something to that they own, yeah. there definitely has to be balanced. There, you're right. 
Definitely. So imagine, I want to do this. Look at um, Rachel's fifth grade, when she was in fifth grade or fourth grade picture, right? And then look at picture right now. a girl of 2021 <laughs> that's in fifth grade. You will see, I, I'm certain the girl of 2021 that's in fourth grade is glammed out, looks or something, or? glammed out 10 times more full than the Rachel when she was like in fourth grade, right? Or you got boys. I saw this on IG. It was hilarious. It was a dude like, he was like, man, when I, when I was eight years old, this is what my haircut looked like. And then you got a boy <laughs> eight years old in 2021 who got like the freshest fade, like the, the whole nine. like Cell phone, earring, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> all like, the fresh clothes. Yep. It's like, bro, you a kid. Sit your ass on the couch <laughs> like, yeah. or go outside. Like, it's so crazy. They grow fast, man. They grow fast. We sound so old right now. <laughs> Yo, Brian, he's been married over 20 years in Hollywood. Is that like the equivalent of dog years? Because like he's been 20 years is a long time at any time, but then especially Hollywood. So I commend him. Yeah, man. So I mean, much, think about man. it. We come from a world where, <laughs> I mean, hey, let's be honest. People are breaking up left and right. But, you know, he's somebody yeah, he's somebody yeah. that's been with the same woman for, for 20 plus years in an industry that you know, would, would probably break up other marriages and they just been able to stay strong. So kudos yeah. to them. That's, that's amazing. Brian, I thought that like Nigel, no BS, man. He, I feel like he could be someone of a mentor at some point. Like he was a really down to earth, but well, yeah, man, he's so worldly, has so much knowledge and he dropped a bunch of gems today. And I thought it was a right. great interview. And of course we had a blast, man, like we always do on this podcast, but to all of our listeners out there, I just want to give you a big thanks for tuning into today's episode. And we have to give a big thanks also to Nigel Barker for taking the time out of his busy schedule. And don't forget to check out Vive to reach all your fitness goals this year. I'm definitely going to be checking out Vive. He said it was like the Netflix of fitness. Absolutely. So I definitely got to check that out. Uh, you know, we always love to hear your opinions, your stories and your insights. So please don't forget to like comment, follow, message us on social at Talking It Out BN. That's Talking It Out B as in Bachelor and as a Nation on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, The Wondery App, or baby, quite simply, wherever you're listening to right now. And don't forget, if you're a real one, I know you're going to subscribe. Subscribe, people.